the guy that does like an Eden run, like he was like a serial Eden runner, but he'd go to like really high class, like the Wentworth Hotel. What's an Eden run? Like, you know, where you eat food and then you run. You oh, do a eat and run. Yeah, eat and run. What do you think I said? Eat and run, like E-D-E-N. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Eden. like an Eden yeah. run. <laughs> it's like the Eden run when you're running through the wheel <laughs> yeah, It's this summer thing. Oh, yes, yes. Don't do it in winter, though. It's brutally cold. This guy getting arrested and thrown into the car, but it's hilarious. Like, with his, how he's pontificating. <laughs> As he's getting arrested. Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt. This is Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. All right. Okay. We're kicking back. We're kicking back. Again. Yes. Okay. We, we, we have a bit, bit better sound this time. We're, we're not down by the beach. Because we have power. We have power. Did you now, enjoy yes. your elevator but, ride? I, I, that was fantastic today. A bit of a workout getting through the front door, though. But uh, <laughs> well, you, you buzz, and then I'm like, I push the buzzer, and I hear click, 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 yeah, click, click, like, click, oh, click, 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 click. The thought went through my mind. You're gonna have to come down and get me, man. This is ridiculous. I often do. You do, especially when there's a courier. It's like they hope that there's no one there so they can bolt yeah, and then just yeah. shove a card for you to go to the post office. Right. So you got to get them in time. You got to race. Yeah, yeah. And well, you're quick to the mark, too. I buzz. I'm like halfway through the buzz. Hello? Yeah, I was right. sitting right near yeah, it. Just waiting. Yeah. I mean, when's Joel getting here? Yeah, well, no, I knew you were on delay. So this time we've taken the extraordinary approach of just recording before we catch up. Yes. So this is the, the catch up and recording in yes. one. We've modulized. Because every time, to put no expectations on this particular podcast, but usually we catch up and we're just riffing and talking and we always say, we should be recording. Yeah, we what should be. We doing? And that was the whole point of this show. I know. Was... And then we, we blow all of our great stuff just in our conversation. Yeah. Then when it comes to the show, so I got nothing. That's why uh, the you know the previous episodes were a little bit lackluster. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, like I said, we put a lot of uh, high hopes on this episode now. So what shall we talk about what today? What shall we, we talk about? Well, back. I, I had an amazing experience last night. Really? Yes. Me too. You did. You go first. No, you go first. No, no. Well, it's your experience okay, first. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. Let me go okay, first. Okay. Go. Ahead. No, you go first. Right. I know you, you. No, no. Seriously. Okay, no. okay. So I get a call um, when I was working on that show with Jamon. I get a call from uh, from Akmal, and he's like, "Mate, I was trying to surprise you, and I've screwed up. I, I was trying to get tickets for Bob Dylan, but totally missed out." And I tried to do the same thing too, but the show sold out and I was working on the show so my head wasn't there to get in time for the tickets. And I said, Dark Ma, listen, you know who you're dealing with here. Just leave it with me. And so um, I go through my avenues. I get us like the best seats in the house, like third row from the front house seats. Bruce's lap seats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, and then, so I, I took um, my – so I got tickets for my dad, for uh, my brother. For uh, for Akmal and for Vanessa, so we all went along to it, and uh, and then another mate of mine, a fellow comedian Barry, calls me up yesterday morning, and he says, "Look, I got, I got a spare ticket, you know, uh, and I know that you love Dylan, you know, come along with me." And I said, "I've already, I'm already going." And so he was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do? I've I've got like you know these front uh, front of the first elevation," and, and he said, "Where are you sitting?" And I said, oh, I think it's like house seats, third row from the front. And, he, and he's like, oh, well, um, well, well h- how many times have you seen Dylan? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, a few times. He goes, well, I've seen him five times. So, so there. I'm like, we're growing up here. What are we? <laughs> hey, well done. And so, uh, so we go along and the concert was amazing. It was incredible. It was really, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I've seen him a bunch of times in the past, and that was the best that I've ever seen him at the State Theatre. How many times have you seen him? This is my third, fourth? Third, third, third. Yeah, rookie, you know. <laughs> like, get this. The guy sitting behind us, like, there's these guys behind yelling out, like, songs that he's never going to do, like, going, Silvio! I'm like, what are you doing? Like, he's obviously got the set list that he's been doing on this tour. Dylan doesn't even talk to the audience, you know. He just gets up there and does his thing. But it was really incredible, like, the, the setup for... And by the way, that guy behind us had seen him 46 times. Wow. Crazy, right? And so, uh, and, and people are going nuts, and you're like, one guy's running down the aisle in a business suit to the front, cheering and jumping up. And was it Craig? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked familiar. And, and Dylan's very hit or miss. You can get him on a good night or a bad night, and a lot of the times, you know, people are really disappointed. But last night was like just amazing. He was just incredible. So, who is and this person? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I said Bruce. Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. I saw Springsteen earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I'm no, getting confused. No, no. Bob Dylan. Is Bob, Bob Dylan's Dylan still alive. Yeah. What are you talking about? Is he still alive? And does he, he just is... mumble? No. Yeah, he... yeah, yeah. Hey, it's going down. It's gears blowing in the wind. No, wow. it's a, it's a, it's, it's a like little a more... living relic. I mean, yeah, he's got but, his own movie no, out. And no, but about he, him. but he's a, you know, he's a through line, a connection to a bygone era. You know, to the Woody Guthrie, to the Steve Jobs. He was a massive Dylan fan. Was he? Oh, hardcore. Really? That was his inspiration. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Yep. There we You've go. There's the, there's the through line. Yeah, I, I uh, mean, I was just thinking, like, could, could, surely it couldn't be Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing. He comes on stage and it's really low lighting, like he's, they're using the footlights. And it's in the State Theatre, which is like my favourite venue to, to see a show. It's, like, incredible. And, and it really set, like, you know, the proscenium arch and everything really set the mood for the show. And it had a real old, like, you know, it was like a bygone era feel to the stage setup and the grand piano there. But Dylan's got all these mics in front of him, like the old-fashioned ones, you know, like the, the ones. The chrome ones. Yeah. Like, like on, like uh, on the like on kicking, our, kicking back. Kickingback.com. Uh, have a look. Artwork. And, uh, and he, um, but he's got, like, four of them set up around him and then one mic in the middle. So you can never properly see his face. So he's kind of, you know. Why does he need so many microphones? He doesn't need them, but he's got them set up there to sort of hide, hide. hide back. He know? sounds like the, um, that, uh, the sugar man. Who yeah, performed Rodriguez. facing the, the back? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like who's ultra shy? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that song? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see the documentary. And it was yes. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they that say was... he was, you know, had more talent than the Dylans, etc. Well, well, they say that, but come on, someone that's only done two. I'm being al- controversial. Someone that's only done two albums, and Dylan's got hundreds of songs, and has continued to have that credibility. Sure, in the '80s, people were saying, "Oh, he's lost it, he's gone," but then, bam, he comes back in. He was 97. just as popular in South Africa as as Dylan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Right. You know, yeah, so sure. in one market, it was sure. bona fide. Sure, but he was just too shy. Yeah, too introverted. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him a couple of times. And he likes, yeah. he just likes slogging it out, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes to labour. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I like the fact he, he did a Dylan song and um, was more audible than Dylan doing, doing it when I saw Rodriguez. Right. So, but, he, um, but Dylan, though, last night, it was great. He was like, it was, you knew that you were seeing something special, you know? And the people, um, the, the lady next to me kept on writing something on a notepad. And I thought, I wonder who she's reviewing for. And then I saw the review in the paper this morning, and it was a five-star review in the Herald. 
So I thought, oh, did good, she reference good. a stranger? Yeah, seated the weird to guy her. looking at me writing my notes. Uh, but but this um, so so he's got the microphones and everything set up. So at the end of the um, end of the show, we're we're leaving, and the people that are the diehard fans, the guy that's seen Dylan forty six times with his group of uh, you know fellow fans, we just started chatting with them as we we're about to walk out. And Akmal says to him, "Yeah, it's interesting uh, how he has all the microphones, um, you know, covering covering his face." And, and this guy just starts pontificating. He's like, "Well, you got to understand, it's like performance art, and that those microphones are somewhat of." An installation in the whole piece, and he's uh, bringing himself back to hide behind that. But all the moves, you know, when he does, he put his hands on like that, you know, by hand on the side. He said that's all. That's all choreographed. It's a choreographed uh, perform performance piece that he's doing in the concert. He did the same thing in Melbourne, and we're like, oh, you saw him in Melbourne. He goes, oh, of course. So how many times? Yeah, forty six times. Like it's a that's a good thing, you know. And then he says, <laughs> slow learner. And then yeah, and then we. Uh, we said, but why are the lights so low? He goes, hmm, we haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and who's we? I know, it's like there's a whole team, crack team of, you know, think tank that he's got going. Yes, we've, we've done analysis on the lighting and, um, yes, we're, we're still yet to get the results Maybe back. the guy just likes just to, to be a bit low-key and to make yeah, the music I know, the feature. Exactly, and, and that's what happened. That's what he did when I saw him in Blues Fest. He said all the screens turned off. And the review was like uh, just the worst review. He had two reviews for that show. One said D for disappointment, and the other one said Dylan doesn't disappoint. And the one that said D for disappointment said Dylan said I want all of the the cameras turned off. No, I don't want any of the screens on. And she goes, oh, so we couldn't see him, so we had to rely on the music for our entertainment. Hello, yeah, hello. hello. Uh, after that, I just well, everything else is redundant from this point on in this review. This is you know, and they're the sort of people you know. I respect that artistic choice. I did a video interview today. And then immediately following that, I did an audio interview. Yeah. And I prefer the audio ones. I like the audio medium. And mm-hmm. the reasons why. For the video interview, I'm staring at a picture of some guy on my screen and I have to talk to him. And now I can't make notes or refer to genius insights that I've prepared. Now I have to look at him. You and can't do that yawning that. like, oh, my God. And this guy's who wants to sit there looking at me talking on the screen? Yeah. Whereas you if do, I, you do have very soft eyes, yeah, look, we're doing an audio medium here, and I think it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. I think people can, um, they don't have to wear pants. They don't have to just look at us. Yeah. You know, that's not that exciting. You know, really, no. I've, I've seen other things that be more exciting. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And we can do I'll things. Back you up on that. We can do things that uh, paint paint mental pictures more. Right. Like people can imagine more. Sure. Like as we describe things around us and, and where we're at, they can they can have their own experience from it. Sure. It's like reading a book, you know, you play a bigger part in that process, you know, in reading a book as opposed to watching yeah, a movie. Yeah, how often do you see a movie and it's not quite there? Yeah, like not, Jurassic Park. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the book. You're right, right. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so, where's my car? The book was so much better. <laughs> no, that's kind of sad. <laughs> I had... had um, an experience last night. Yes. I took my 19-year-old son. The rock to, star. To, uh, yeah, and a couple of his mates out to dinner. We mm-hmm. had some Mexican. Oh, where where did you go? Oh, it's a secret. Oh, right. No, it's somewhere. Is it good? On, on the, no, not really. Oh, really? I found a good one in Randwick. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Right? Really. Jose, yes. who runs it, he's from this small little village in Mexico. You've got to have a, an authentic Mexican. There's a lot of a lot of this westernized Mexican that's not quite the same. Guzman and Gomez. 
<laughs> it's a made-up name, yeah. We, but in any case, yes. it was it was a reasonable meal. But I introduced them to the uh, phenomenon of the Long Island iced tea. Because oh, these guys, wow. you know, they're sort of in the Jack Daniels and Coke phase. I said, boys, how about we like cut back a bit on the Coke? Let's just call it a splash, mm-hmm. and then we'll just stick five shots, like five different alcohols, in there, and a squeeze of lemon. What do you reckon, boys? <laughs> and they're like, hell yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they were quite into it. They thought this is this is a great discovery. Were you and, the designated driver? Yeah, so I had oh, okay. just just a um, just a, a regular non-alcoholic drink. Oh, I wanted to be a, a good yes. responsible parent who gets his kids smashed. <laughs> well, you're coming kind of nineteen. He's not hardly a kid, right? No, he's no, like a no, fully fledged adult. Of course, he's legal. Yeah, and and to to also just to to put some responsibility to it. They only had two drinks. Oh, well. One Jim Beam and but Coke. Five shots, though. And yeah. one Long Island iced tea. Which is the equivalent of five drinks, yeah. They like the uh, the value ratio. Like, it's still pretty good value, like dollar to alcohol. Sure. And you're not ingesting all the, the um, fizzy soft yeah, drink Yeah, less either. fizzy bad Coke, mm. more alcohol. Yeah, yeah, cut to the chase. Just get straight to it. <laughs> so that's my big night out. I, wow. Sure, it's not quite Dylan. <laughs> well, but, but still, it's, a, it's impressive. But they were talking about their, their albums, and I gave them a name for this drink i said it's kind of like organized rocket fuel mm-hmm. and uh and they liked that and it could end up being a song and maybe in 20 years they'll be worldwide famous like the rolling stones and they'll reflect back on that night when they had mexican the, the and their long island, island iced, iced tea. tea yeah yeah it's a very american uh you know that sounds like a very american thing to do have mexican yeah, and there's no island tea in it whatsoever no no so, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm out of material now. <laughs> no, have you seen any uh, books or, or documentaries? Um, well, I finished reading the Andre Agassi book. That was really interesting. Okay. And then I, and <laughs> you're like, okay. As, as I walk past your 500 books waiting to be put on the... A few more than Oh, that. sorry, sorry, more than 500. Keep sorry, going. Sorry yeah. about that, 1,500. More like it. M- more like it. Yeah. And uh, the Andre Agassi book, I, I highly recommend that. That was a good read. Did and you see it in the pile? Uh, is, have you got it in there? I don't. Oh, you I just, don't. It would have been remarkable no, if you it had. Would have been, it would be like, <laughs> Agassi, I'm over. That was 09. It would have man. been like, for, oh, who put this there? That yeah, would have been yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm I just, that. just checking. Yeah. And, um, then, uh, and then I've just um, I've just been reading um, Bukow- Charles Bukowski's first book, Post Office. Yeah, is it like I've, the big Lebowski or a different Bukowski? No, Totally, totally different. <laughs> totally different. Now, Charles Bukowski, he was one of the great poets. You know, he was, uh, he, he was, didn't beat around the bush, you know, didn't pontificate, just cut to the chase and use like, you've you know, used that word twice now. And pontificate? One, in this episode. Uh, That's the third I'm, time. I'm pontificating. Fourth. <laughs> You're yeah, a, he's, he's you like, know, such big words, John. I Joel. know. Wow. Look, the, the irony of that, that I'm, I'm going against pontification. Let's call that six. Yes. <laughs> so, so was a half attempt there. Interestingly, yes. uh, having got all my books out of the garage, mm-hmm. um, partly because of a, a river running through the bottom of it and I needed to preserve yes. them, and, and yes. mostly because I've got a bookshelf ro- coming. You need room for your books. No, I want to read my books. And oh, I right. can't, you know, they're not going to read themselves yeah, sitting yeah. in the garage. Yeah. I found uh, a you've, great But poet. you've read a lot of them though, right? Of course. Yes. But I like but to reread. Still... I'm rereading at the moment The Prophet. Oh, Cahill Gibran. Great poet. Yes. Good stuff for the 1920s. Yes, it was. Well, it's universal. It's like Shakespeare, you know, no, it's it's, good, it applies it, to human nature. It helps you reflect, yeah, on, on life and relationships sure. and, and food and yeah. uh, friendships. Yes. And you know, uh, I like the one on marriage. Right. Yeah, I said, do too. 
Where the cypress and the oak have to stand alone and not shade each other. Yeah, the the yeah. idea of independence. Share, share each other's meal but don't eat from the same bread. Yes. Very good. Drink the same tea but not from the same cup. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great it's advice. Same idea over and over. Yeah, He's very yeah. repetitive, Gibran. I'm like, come on, mate. We get it. We get it. Remain independent in a relationship. Okay. <laughs> then I'm reading a small one and it could probably be smaller. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Could have just been one line. Documentaries. I've watched yes. a few. Mm-hmm. I watched a dreadful one about uh, something about proof of heaven or something. Okay. It really. Uh, one guy reviewed it in American Scientists. He put it really well. He said, "This is not proof of heaven. This is proof of a hallucin- hallucinogenic. Uh, yeah, hallucination. Yeah, uh, it was dr- absolute rubbish. Oh, really? Uh, but the one I did like was, was the secret. No, go on. How did you know? <laughs> no, it was called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh, I've been meaning to watch oh. that one. No, because that, that, that got great reviews when it came out, I remember. Yeah. Well not, not, that, not that you and I um, curtailed to reviews, however, it was well, very well received. <laughs> well, it's not in our best interest to read any reviews. No, no, no. <laughs> Although we've got five-star reviews so far. But uh, no, I haven't even looked at them. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> so, thanks, uh, thanks, Greg, and all of your alias names. <laughs> uh, so it's a great documentary. Yes. Very good videography. Right. Good storytelling. There's some crazy scenes from the fish markets in Japan. The guy is um, very colourful. Mm-hmm. He has a parallel with me, actually. He was a... At school, he wasn't a, a, a star student. Mm-hmm. He wasn't parallel in regards that he was kind of a bully. Uh, oh, he and, was, was he? Yeah, but they, they invited him back to school to, to talk to them about life lessons. Yes. And his message was that you can still be successful even if you're not a great student. And uh, next week, I'm going to go and speak to my old school at oh, the, really? the year 12. Nice. Yeah, and I want to get up and, uh, and I'd like to say... Um, I fucking hated this place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared shitless every day. I came and I've got three boys and none of them go here. Uh, but and, yeah, they're out and drinking we, Long Island ice. Yeah. Please, I can't control these. But kids. on a on a no, I, I wouldn't wouldn't say that. No. But I think there's a good message there, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, from this documentary and from my mm-hmm. own experience, you shouldn't be defined by your school passing mark. Uh, see, all the guys that do great in school, all the sports athletes and, you know, the great academics, usually they peak too early, you know. It's usually, you know, <laughs> the guys that are, you know, thrown to the wayside. Well, and, the sons and of the, doctors, lawyers, solicitors, yeah. uh, the ones I went to school with. And a lot of them ended up in that, you know, plastic surgery and accounting and mm-hmm. stockbrokers. And mm-hmm. when I went to a reunion, they looked miserable. Yeah. They looked 10 years older than yeah. I am. And they're grinding it out in an office, slaving away all day no. for, you know, let's say a modest pay. Yeah. And they hate it. Yeah. I think that too when I go back to school, I'm looking at them going, you know, you're working your ass off. Here I am. I'm doing Blacktown RSL, man. <laughs> you're doing cruise ships to <laughs> I'm Japan. Living, I'm living the dream here, man. I'm doing manly boat shit. Come on. Now, you can go to, to Jiro's uh, restaurant. You have to where, book where, it. Whereabouts is it? In you Japan? need to book it like at least a month in advance. Right. It's, it's 30,000 yen minimum. That's 285 bucks. Yeah, yeah. There's 20 pieces of sushi. And you, there's no appetizers, no other things. Seats right ten. Up. It's I don't know where it is, but I'm sure it right. would be easy to find. It's a Michelin-rated restaurant. Nice. It's like just, well, that's our that's our style. 
<laughs> yeah, that's how we roll. We, we don't go anywhere unless it's either in the good food guide when in Australia or a Michelin star restaurant. Or if it's just within walking distance. Yeah, that too, and, that and, too. You know, yes. when we're hungry. Convenient, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we want bad Mexican, yes. That's it. It is, um, but, but sushi is very expensive regardless in Japan. And it's so hard to find the fish. Yes, yeah. Well, a, he said there was a lot more fish back in the old days. Sure, sure. And also the, yeah, the quality of it, you've got to be very careful with, as we know, with the Fukushima and that polluting the well, waters. Well, they, they have this, they have... Do they uh, talk about that? Yeah, they go to the markets, they show you their suppliers, and the suppliers specialise in only that type of thing. So they get tuna from the tuna guy. Right. And he walks around and he, he's, his philosophy is there'll be 10 tuna, only one of them can be the best, and that's the one he'll buy. Right. And he grabs it with his fingers, and he so and he, he tests it, tests it a... around, and smells it, and he shines a torch on it, and he can tell what the good fish is going to be from that test. Yeah, yeah, kind of bizarre. But then then they go to auctioning these fish, fish. and it's just psychotic. <laughs> this is crazy. One of the best scenes in the whole documentary. I gotta, I gotta look at that. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to. I've seen it on the plane a few times, but some things that I really want to watch, I'll hold off on watching. How on hard a plane. is it to see it on a postage stamp screen no, that's blacked out? No. That, that's some some guys yeah. pushing back into your face, well, like yeah. going back and forward. Not and so that. much up in the business section, but oh, okay. I'm I, sorry, I, right? I, no, uh, not, not not all of us can. Uh, the can the have main the problem is the screen's just so far away. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I know, like with that, all that leg room, it's ridiculous. Like the seat in front of you. No, in all like... seriousness, they actually come up from the little side middle console. Oh, they do. Yeah, okay. I just, I, I was right. just seeing yes. if you'd know yeah. the difference. But seriously, uh, the the screens, any any dark movies, always too black on the plane. Yeah, no very need, hard. No to need see. to get racist. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not at all. I'm just uh, saying, like the the black comedy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. a good movie. Yes. Woody Allen's one. Oh, the new one, the magic one. Yeah. Oh, great, nice. Great, good to know. Good to know. Great film. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a big Woody fan, so I'll be, uh, I'll be going to see that one then. I would, uh, I'd suggest you do. Yes. See if one of the characters reminds you of someone. Oh, Jonathan. He's in it. <laughs> <laughs> or the pig. Oh, no. we'll see. We'll see. Oh, really? Okay. You have to see it and then right, comment. I'll have to see it and then comment. Uh, what else have you been up to? What else? Been, uh, did Newcastle last week. That's right. And then um, off down to Canberra this yeah, weekend. You, you and... called me from there and you, you were getting serviced at the time. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Someone came into the room. Can <laughs> yeah. I get you anything, love? Yeah. You know, I didn't know what was going on. Well, you know, I was backstage and yeah. they, they just they wanted to look after us. Yeah, well, offering you all sorts of things. Yeah, well... <laughs> Is it nice to be treated like a star? Well, you know, it's not. Uh, well, that's not really, not really a star. I'm more of a. I remember being on the film set, and it's like, oh, would you like some water? You know, and they're powdering your nose, and like the world revolves around you. Yes, it's pretty seductive. Yeah, yeah, but then after a while, and then you like, walk then I, out, and you just like, you're just a regular schmo. Yeah, you're gonna line up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like um, you, you know, like Steve Martin talks about in his uh, autobiography, where he says, yeah, at the height of his career. He's doing like these, you know, 17,000 seat arenas and it's just nuts, you know, like he's like the biggest thing in comedy. And then as soon as he gets off stage, he's whisked away by security, taken straight back to his hotel because you can't go out in the town like that, you know, you would just get mobbed. So he jump cut, he's sitting by himself in his hotel room going, I'm miserable. This is, this is the life of a, you know, of a comedy star. You know, I can't even go out. Well, so, I saw. Uh, so there is that, you know, that. I saw the contrast. Um, the Prince William and his wife Kate, is it, went yeah. cruising the su- subway the other day. 
They were in Subway. Yeah, no, no, not oh. in Subway. They oh. were cruising on the on the, the tube in London. Oh right, right. Yeah, they were just just catching a train. Yeah, him and his wife. Yeah, no kid. No, just mixing it up with the uh, the everydayers. Did you notice the security? I didn't. Oh, I mean, no, I, I was, they're that good. I wasn't actually there, oh. uh, but I oh, thought it was. There. I thought it was kind of a neat trick. All oh, right, could backfire. But it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the future king of England, like just on the on the tube. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I cool. imagine some royalty hasn't even ex- experienced public transport. No, they, they, they haven't even experienced. And the always public. wear your seatbelt, folks. Yes, on the on the tube. No, in the car. Oh, okay. S classes yeah. in oh, Paris, yes, especially. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very good reference there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought something more sinister and didn't say it. Does no, that mean it, I'm a better person? Well, you you, you held back. You had restraint yeah. there. Which yep. is uh, which is an admirable quality. And I was also thinking that Ricky Javis wouldn't wouldn't. No, no, he wouldn't hold that. But then again, what he said, what, you know, they're trying to crucify him. It wasn't like, come on, it's not like he's like, you know, he's making an off off the cuff remark. It's like, relax. I tell you what I saw, which what? is very funny. Yes. Have you seen it? The uh, <laughs> but we'll guy in the, the nine, judge of that. the guy, <laughs> the guy in the nineteen eighties getting arrested. Michael showed it to me. The guy that does like an Eden run, like he was like a serial Eden runner, but he'd go to like really high class, like the Wentworth Hotel. What's an Eden run? Like, you know, where you eat food and then you run. You oh, do a eat and run. Yeah, Eden run. What do you think I said? Eden run, like E D E N. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Eden. like an Eden yeah. run. <laughs> it's like the Eden run when you're running through the wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this summer thing. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So don't do it in winter, though. It's brutally cold. This guy getting arrested and thrown into the car, but it's hilarious. Like, with his, how he's pontificating. <laughs> as it's getting arrested but it's, you got to look it up um uh, i forget what the name of the clip is but it's um just um i, I think it's called um democracy manifest because as he's, as they're arresting him it's hilarious he, he's like we want I shall to describe this <laughs> make an annotation with, with my feather pen <laughs> my feather ink pen that's i am actually using a feather quill here yes, you that's are. the beauty you of it and, and we're doing this by candlelight <laughs> <laughs> i like this got to love audio yeah, yeah. and we, yeah we we've got a gramophone that we're recording this into yes. today it is uh yeah it's hilarious this uh the guy getting arrested and, uh, Maybe we could post the video. I think we should on the uh, show. But as he's as he's getting arrested, he goes, "This is democracy manifest." As they're arresting him, the guy tries to get him into a headlock. And he goes, "Ah, yes, I see. You know your judo well. Good one." <laughs> Throwing him into the car. <laughs> I still have a friend who was like that. Yeah, yeah it, it's quite quite odd. Yeah, yeah, I love those kind of people. But seeing some guy with authority figures like getting arrested like that, and they're holding him. And the guy says, you're under arrest. And he goes, I'm under what? As he's being manhandled like by five cops. Like he's astonished that he would be arrested. It reminds me of that sovereign man guy get, that gets pulled over in his van in Ireland with the policeman that goes on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. But he talk, talks his way out of it and uh, he, he won't nominate his birthday. He won't produce a driver's license <laughs> because he's a sovereign man. He's a man of the state and he refuses to. And, and he says he wasn't driving. He was stationary in his vehicle. <laughs> the world was rotating. We might find these videos. Yeah, we'll put them I, I on kickingback.com where I, this episode is. And this episode, by the way, will be called Pontification. <laughs> <laughs> Pontification of the nation. Yeah, and there and this guy, I was looking at a thing. Like, I did some research on this guy, and he was an ex um, chess champion. Oh. Uh, and this was video footage is from eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight, and he, uh, which 
Wow, I just said pontification of the nation, which was celebration of the nation. Give us a hand. Remember that from 88? The the big ad campaign? Remember we, we turned for... 200 years old in yeah, Australia? Yeah, yeah. Well, 200 years since white man turned up. Yeah, yeah. and uh, to um, and they basically just started shooting people with their thunder sticks. Yeah, yeah. At, at that's sun, not all. Thunder, you know? whatever. Uh, yeah. That's that's the Aboriginal name for Maroubra. Right, it's like right. Thunder Bay or something. Yeah, because of the the guns, they had this it, thunderous sound. Yes, and I just watched a fantastic documentary. Highly recommend, Bra Boys. Oh right, right. Wow, yes. I haven't seen that. It's fantastic. Didn't they make a movie out of that? Yeah, too? yeah. It's a movie. Yeah. About bra- the yeah, Maroubra about the boys. boys, yeah, and Russell Crowe's the voiceover. Yeah. Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe. Yeah, look at them. They're surfing. <laughs> They're surfing. They're wearing bras. <laughs> well, I think the bra is a reference to Maroubra. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Just to point yeah. that out to any yes, any, yeah. anyone who wants clarification figure that on out. that. Yeah, <laughs> but the um now I did see on Sunday uh, when we were on this topic at the Opera House at the concert hall, John Pilger giving a talk one of the greatest journalists that this country has produced. And he was just talking about uh, the silence of Australia, you know, how we don't really address our history and don't really know what happened in this country. And it was, uh, it was great. It's great to see, you know, um, you know, the concert hall, you know, thousands of people there listening to him lay it down. I think, and I celebrate that. That's good. Yeah. Because when you think about it, you know, there's people here for like 30,000 years. Come on. And then we just turn up, take over. It's not very fair. Yeah, no, not and, at all. And, 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 the fact and by we, I mean, obviously, we weren't there. We yes, were born of course. sometime yeah. later. And but still, I think there's still a responsibility to well, see where the Aboriginal community is today and as a result of... Well, basically, everyone, everyone else is an invader. Essentially. Well, that's colonisation, essentially. Yeah. And you know, it's taking the land English, weren't they prolific? Yeah, uh, they, the words they used in this documentary were, that, and they planted a flag in, in Thunder Bay and claimed it for England. Yes. <laughs> There's already people here. Yeah, yeah. It's How like, can hang you do on, that? Hang on. Oh, no, no, not them. It's like the Native <laughs> Americans, uh, Indians in America. So same, same, same shit. When I was a kid, my mum used to take us to celebrate uh, Australia Day in La Perouse, where it was referred to as Invasion Day, and it would be, you know, like Yothi Yindi and Archie right. Roach and, you know, a lot of... It was kind of like a festival, but it was, you know, in in recognition of what the day really means. But it was interesting with... um Because Pilger's whole point was about we need to know the history and we need to know it, where we've come but from the, as a country. All of my kids were taught about Aboriginals in school. Oh, that's good. They, this is a huge it, topic. Oh, good, because they... There's when even I was Sorry school, Day like, and all sorts did, did of. Did you? When I was at school, we never covered it. Like, no, it wasn't no, until not I so left. Much, but when all, I left school, all of my kids have covered it. When I left school, I read his book, A Secret Country. And they have, I think they have Indigenous Day, and they wear colours of the Aboriginal flag and everything. Right. It's like full on. Yeah, so should, maybe they're maybe may, maybe they're, maybe he's not in tune. Well, I don't know. I think I think it'd be pretty fair. fair. I think it'd be fair to say that Pilger's got a pretty good finger on the well, pulse. I've never heard of him. Well, there you go. Well, then he's a nobody. Then why are we even talking about it? <laughs> no, no, but, it but it got to the it got to the Q and A, and the Q and A got really heated. And I was like, I wanted to see more of this. Like they were asking him a lot of, yeah, a lot of. Um, well, basically, the situation in Iraq at the moment with all well, the we're all, dropping all weapons the beheadings. and stuff, aren't we? Nearby. Well, here's the thing. He he thinks it's very dangerous us once again getting on the coattails of America and going in there using military force. He he recommends that we 
that we do something immediately, but through the UN, so right. that it's a collective decision, not direct. N- yes, because we don't want to be getting direct r- repercussions. Well, look what we did before. Look, look what's happened essentially as a result of uh, you know what's been you know what's been done in the past. Spell it out. Exactly, two thousand and three invasion. Right. You know, look, and we all know Saddam was not a good guy, not yeah. a nice guy. But there is a way of dealing with things, and you just don't go in there and decimate the country and then expect it all to rebuild itself. So, in saying that, uh, this guy said, what about all the beheadings? We have to go in, we have to do something. And Pilger said, the beheadings? Well, what about the beheadings in this country, the aboriginals? What about that then? And then the guy was like, uh, uh, uh. And he said, this is what I've been talking about. We have to know our history first. He says, and he said, if we really want to talk about the injustice over there in, in the Middle East, he said, let's talk about the 70,000 women and children who have been killed as a result of the West's involvement since 2003. And he said, that is a lot bigger figure than what's happening. And he said, that's not to throw away what's happening to the side, but if we want to actually look at the true victims in this whole situation. Man, this is so, deep. This so, is the heavy episode. <laughs> so, but, but I think it's... but. And whether people agree with what Pilger's saying or they disagree, there's always going to be that. But I think it's good that it's open for discussion and that people are yes. getting fired up and about it. And that's what we're catalyzing it here. We're, yes. we're bringing it to the fore. We're, yes. We are taking the topics to we're, the mountain and shouting them out. Look at us. And nor are we pontificating about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're simply putting it out there. And, you know, I just think, uh, well, what do I think? I, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just continually amazed at the way that humans behave and treat each other. Like and I I don't know why I would but be amazed. That must be never-ending material for a comedic uh, artist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to do a routine about that. I'm Australian, you know, and what and you know how people go, mate. I'm Australian. I I bloody grew up here. You flew here, mate. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Australian, oh. you know. And it goes on about all that bullshit Australian. Well, you absolutely crap. have to watch Bra Boys, right? Okay, because pretty much none of them are, are a straight up Aussie, you know, purebred. They're all blended from somewhere, right, okay. and they're not racist, right, which is right. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you'll like. This. Well, this is Maruba we're talking about, not Cronulla. That's right. If it's so all it's housing commission, yeah, low, yeah. you know, low income, a jail in their backyard, yeah, and one yeah. of the world's most dangerous slabs to surf out the front. Yeah, well, I call, used to go there every. They call I, hours. Used, I used to go there and bodyboard each weekend with my mate Michael. The you bodyboarded at hours or Maroubra? Maroubra. Oh my goodness! But when I when I was a kid, some of the surf there was just like brutal. It and is. my mate Michael, you know the psychologist who knee boards, he came along to Dylan last night. That's what when Barry called me uh-huh. up for the ticket, saying I've got an extra ticket. I said, "Wait!" I called Michael, and uh, and he's you know he was always very influential in my youth this when I was growing up. To, to put this whole the end of the story to finish with what to link the, it up and without any planning whatsoever. No, no, this no. Is fucking this genius. Is, I know, isn't it? <laughs> Wow, we brought it on. And, that, and you're not even pontificating when you no. say genius there. No. You're just laying it down laying as, a, it as down. a pure fact. So so what happened is we all went along last night. Michael came along. We saw uh, Dylan, you know. This is like a whole... This is Bob Dylan. This is Bob Dylan. Yep. yep. And it was just a brilliant night. And I think that's brought us around full circle. We brought the Bra Boys into this. We've brought... You know, Aboriginal affairs into this, the situation in the Middle East, books, l- books, documentaries, Long Island iced teas, yep. food, it's all sushi. Happening. Man, we're, we're breaking ground in I this. Think one. We've, we've kicked back. We have. Uh, dare I request, listener, if you've got any reaction to this episode, 
positive or negative, then filter out all the good ones. Come over to kingbank.com. Make a comment. Greg, put another five-star one on there. That's it. Thanks, buddy. And and also check out the um, the videos that we're going to put up for this one too. Yes, we're this put is the... Democracy Manifest, and we'll be finding the uh, the, the the Irish citizen who <laughs> uh, does not have the rest of the rules apply to him. Fantastic! You've been listening to another episode of Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Visit kickingback.com for the show notes, pictures, and join the discussion.